Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Cody. One Hagar. One weekly discussion on comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. Oh, I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. That's the sound he makes, Robbie. <laughs> you didn't do it when you said his name. I thought you weren't going to do it. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You're over for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 163. Said I was going to do it, didn't I? You did say you are going to do it. I thought maybe you changed your mind the last second. So well, I'm, a man of, I'm, a, I'm a man of my word. That's Yeah, I, I understand. When I say I'm going to make the weird noise that Hagar makes when you, you push all the buttons, I'm going to do it. Hey, that's what I tell you guys doing out there in Radio Land. Hopefully better now. Yeah, I hope you guys are doing all right. If you're not, it will get better, I promise. I think all of our lives are going to be in, improved after November 8th. Certainly. All go back to not being stupid. I hope so. I really do. I'm so, so, so sick. I, of all the politics everywhere. Yep. Uh, yep. 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 Uh, we are reading, no, again, I do that every time. We are discussing Descender volumes. It's fine. Say we're reading it. Who cares? I don't, I don't, I like being, it sounds good. I like being technically correct. No, uh, this, just 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 say words. The Sender Volume One and Two by Jeff Lee Meyer and Dustin Wynn for Nerdboy Book Club. Discussing that later on. Uh, before we get there, we have some comic books that came out this very week to talk about. Yeah, I was you and me same wavelength, Eric. I knew you were gonna do it. You knew I was gonna say words when you let me say words. I knew you were gonna say yeah. Okay, well that's good. I'm glad you're a a mind reader. It's impressive. It is impressive. We can. Move to our first segment. It's time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is our show. Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved, depending if we're feeling particularly mushy about a comic book. Our first comic book this week is An Amazing Spider-Man Event, Dead No More, Mm. The Clone Conspiracy, Number One. You said that with some vim and vigor there. I, I did. Written by Dan Slott, pencils Jim Chung, John Dell Inks, Justin Ponzor Colors. I, I found out how to correctly pronounce Joe Caramagna's name. Oh, very nice. Joe Caramagna is how you pronounce that correctly. Well, we are now less dumb. Well, slightly less dumb. Uh, hey, it's a, it's a event comic. You seem really let down by it. Not really. I thought it actually read pretty good. I I think this was Slot, right? This is Dan Slot, yes. Yeah, I, I think he gets a little too much hate. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed this. I was terrified when I saw the word clone on the cover. <laughs> the word clone with the word Spider-Man. You, you put those words together. And it, it immediately, like, I think, like, my gag reflex starts acting up. It's... The comic book itself is fine. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, like it, Jim, Ch- I, Jim Chung is a great artist. Yeah. It's nice looking. I, I think Dan Slott, 
uh, it's not that I think he's a bad writer. I just, <laughs> I don't know. This just isn't, I, I don't want to revisit clone, even if it's a good version of the clone stuff. I just can't find myself caring. I think that's what Dan Slott does. He writes books that are technically good and sound that I don't think anyone really wants. I, I mean, people buy them. Many people. No, I know. I don't. That's true. But I mean, there's nothing about Superior Spider-Man that, that, that I wanted. It's not the direction I want Spider-Man to go in. I don't, I don't know. I don't dislike this. Um, I was thinking today about, uh, the, 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 what, what you were saying. I think it actually was last week when you said like the most interesting thing you can do to a character is not kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, or that, that's the wrong phrasing. You basically said that killing them is not really that interesting. This is weird to me. The idea of bringing back Gwen Stacy because she's one of those characters that they said, I believe never they're never going to bring back the Gwen Stacy. Is that right, or was that just supposed to be? It, for a long time, it was Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, Bucky, and then yeah. then added to that list was Gwen Stacy. Yeah, and then there was a version of the first Clone Saga. Gwen Stacy sort of came back, not really, mm-hmm. and now Bucky is firmly in. Yeah, I'm which went. Any return can be good if handled like yeah. Drew Baker's Captain America run was rightly considered very good, and because he did that in a way that's meaningful to both Bucky and to Steve Rogers, like he made Bucky's return mean something, and Bucky is an interesting character inherently because of the twist they made to that character. I don't have any nostalgia for bad '90s comics, mm-hmm. and when you go, oh no, it's like the bad '90s comics, but it's better, like competent people are working on it. I'm like. I, but I don't, I don't have no, there is, there's a Gwen Stacy I'm interested in. She's in that comic mm-hmm. book that's written by Jason Latour. Yeah. Like that, I would, Spider Gwen is a good comic book. I will read that every day of the week. I don't. And, and yet we don't. Well, I can't, I can't make this the Spider Gwen <laughs> comic book hour. Uh, it's just this, I, I don't want, like, I didn't, I don't like this Spider, the Spider Man's unrecognizable to me. I think we've, I'd mentioned that last week. Like, mm. he's, it's still Peter Parker and he's still a smart guy and he's still clever and he's still funny, but he's, they grew him up in a weird way that I don't, was never, like, if you had asked me when I was a teenager what I would envision Spider Man doing in 2016, I, one, I'd probably say something stupid, but I, they've tried to split, they're, tr- they, they try and do it so that they have, have it both ways where they go like oh yeah they also have the version of uh, peter parker where he married mary jane and they had a kid like i just want i that always was i liked that evolution of peter parker as a character where he was down on his luck teenager peter parker the loser for so long and then he 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 gwen stacy died and he met mary jane and they got married and like their life happened and it felt like a prog- a character progression. This, like having him just be like, uh, he has, a, he runs a tech company and now Gwen Stacy's back? Like, why are we, re- I don't, this is, uh, I just don't, I can't. Well, I mean, all of, 
these decisions, they're not all Dan's slots. No, I understand that. Like, that I is... don't think, what is it, one more day or whatever it was? Brand... He didn't write that. No, that was... Brand uh, new day? Brand new day, yeah. And one more yeah. day. Both of those are... It was one more day and then brand new day. No, that was not Dan Slot's decision. Uh, yeah. I'm not criticizing Dan Slot for... I mean, no, that. you can't... I mean, what what's inherited in the continuity, it's not necessarily all his fault. I, I don't know. The whole idea of Peter Parker as a sort of stand-in Tony Stark. It doesn't, I don't know. He he always does seem a little bit better when he's the more vulnerable character, you know? Yeah. When he's, I mean, to use your words, the down-on-his-luck character. It just seems like that's who he always is. He's the guy that, he gets the shit kicked out of him, you know, by by villains, by life, all these things, you know. That yeah, that does that does make him interesting, but I still I can't bring myself to hate this. I don't hate it. I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, what I mean. It's like, got it's got Spider Man kicking the rhino in the face. That's 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 I don't know if that's unrecognizable to you. I I don't. It's it's fine, and it's the first issue of an arc, and I don't know. I skipped over all that garbage. In the nineties, I, I read maybe two issues of that. I was, so uh, I don't have, I don't have the, the bitter, angry memories of it. That I, you I, might. I don't, it's not, I, I don't know. It, that, that is an embarrassment. Like, it's just, it's weird to me that they're doing this purposely because that stuff was capital B terrible. Like, <laughs> I think you'd need to learn your alphabet I, a little bit better. I know. It's a, it's, Let me watch this. I'm going to change it up, guys. It's just, it was just so bad, so convoluted, so confusing. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't know why they purposely would go, no, we can make it better now. I'm like, why just do something else with it? Why? Just to bring back, you know, Dr. Ock in a body yeah. again? Like, mm, I, yeah, I don't, it's, it's like this, it, there's nothing wrong with this comic book. It's just, I just, it's me. I just don't, this is, I'm not the audience for this. I don't. I do not care about this. From my perspective, I feel like other Dan Slot stories, I didn't really care for them. They were clearly going for a younger audience. Uh, they were just a weirder Spider-Man story. This feels, it feels pretty Spider-Man to me, you know, at least in terms of the things that are happening. It, it, it doesn't feel that weird to me. It doesn't feel that off. I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't the best thing that I've ever read, but I think this is a I think this is a solid book. This comic book also costs five dollars. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but yeah, it has a okay. backup story. It's longer. That's why I uh, liked the backup story. No, I thought the, it was interesting, backup, and it, it dives deeper into that, what's going on here. That would be that is more if this whole comic book was from Gwen Stacy's point of view. Mm-hmm. Back on board, more interesting. I don't doubt that, but it's but, and also it's Spider Man on the no, on the, I, on the cup. I I understand it, it's it's I'm general. All, it's, I'm all on board for making her, you know, a, a more character. important character, even yeah. a title character. I mean, it's definitely a a good and positive thing. You know, you're you're not just like blonde human female there to 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 die and make a man get angry. Mm-hmm. I I. It, it's, I'm, it, I'm, I'm, for, I'm for that. I'm, it's event fatigue. It's. I understand event disin- fatigue. This has been a yeah. This has been a bad season of events here. 
it's a, it's, it's another one of those. This is a fine comic book. I don't want it, so I'm gonna do not buy. This is nowhere near as bad as the other events we've uh, been treated to this season. I will not disagree with you. This this is not Civil War Two. This is fine. I would I would say give it a shot. It does kind of give me a little bit of the same anxiety that Robbie has, and that it it does feel like uh, this could go south at any moment. I I don't know what would make it go badly, but it it's walking a fine line here. Um, I I say buy it. I say what the hell? Any mush in there? Five five bucks is eh, maybe a, maybe a couple of points just for the fact that it's five dollars. I didn't realize that because you buy all all our comics. Mm-hmm. You're like my you're like my comics sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. That's right, baby. That's right. Hmm. <laughs> uh. I would say let's let's go two out of five because that's that's a steep price and we draw the line at three ninety nine. No, we don't. We never do. We buy a lot of comics <laughs> that cost more than four dollars. I know. Uh, our, like the no the 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 basement is three ninety nine and then it goes up from there. It seems. I know a lot of the time. DC it's... is DC is like no, we'll charge you three dollars. We'll also give you less comic book. They're fine with mm-hmm. giving, charging the same just for less amount. <laughs> We can release it faster, too, because the artist has to draw to you less pages. <sighs> a bunch of stupids. So that's a split decision on the Clone Conspiracy number one, a mush meter of two. Next up is The Great Lake of Great Lakes Avengers number one, written by Zach Gorman, art Will Robson, colors Tamara bon, Bonvillain, letters Joe Cara Mania. You're just going to say that? I am. You're going to enjoy saying some mm-hmm. Mania? I am. And I thought this was uh I thought this was some uh some Tradmore art when I first saw it. It has the, that flavor. The figures in it. are very it does. It's it's his figures are similar to, to some Tradmore. I really like this comic book. It's fun, isn't it? It's kind of a spiritual successor to the superior foes of Spider Man and also, all the books that are like that. Next wave. That is what yes. made this made me think of Next Wave uh, as well. Superior foes, yes. I think it's too positive to be close to anything that uh, Warren Ellis it, would it, write. It does not. It, you are right. It does not have nearly the nihilism that is present yeah. in a lot of Warren Ellis comic books. It doesn't. I mean, at least one of them would have to. I don't know. They, they'd have to. I'm not even going to start throwing out weird things that I'm, I, I don't need to say those words. But You're a bad, bad man, Warren Ellis. It, I don't. It's just like these forgotten characters. Mm-hmm. Trying their best. It's a. It's funny. It. It's. It, it is very funny. It. It looks really nice. I. The art is. It really works with the tone of the book. I think the art is kind of next wave too. So I. I see the. I definitely see the. Con, uh, the connection. The shriek is in this. I mean, I don't think I've seen shriek in a comic book since Maximum Carnage. Which one is shriek? Is she the one that looks like Domino? Yep. Okay. Yep. God damn, 90s characters. Yep, exactly. I t- I'm like, who is this that looks just like fucking Domino? What was what was it with characters of the 90s? Like, let's put a weird thing on their eye. There were, like, so many of those fucking characters. Mm-hmm. It started with Cable. What, what was I that think. all about? It started with was Cable. It with, was it with Cable? I think Cable was the first, and then everyone just kind of... Cable's like, this. let's just do that with other things. I don't know. Shriek has the full-on Cable thing on, going on in her eye. Uh... Is Firebrand wearing like sandals, fireproof sandals? I 
they look like they look like bedroom slippers. And Firebrand's real name is Erickson Hades. Yeah, that's a stupid fucking name. That's the best. This whole con- it's, it's it's almost as bad as Blackagar Blackagon. <laughs> Black Blackagar Boltagon. Come on, Eric, I'm get sorry. It, get it right. That, that I I made up a name that was slightly stupider than Black Bolt's real fucking name. <laughs> this this comic book is goofy and dumb and a lot of fun, and I I really really like it. It, and there's no events in happening in this comic book. None of these people have arbitrary decisions about Captain Marvel. Uh, I'm a buy. I really like this book. I wanted to write a comic with a, a, a werewolf girl in it. I wonder if I'll ever be able to do that now. I've really missed my opportunity. Well, you know. I really, I really like this werewolf girl. It, it has been done, so I guess you can't ever. Oh, I know. You can't ever do it again. The Winnebago in this looks exactly like the one my grandfather owned. I felt like I needed to put that on the record. I think we all – I also had a grandparent who had a, a – It was identical is just oh, what I'm looked, saying. Oh, okay. I, we, it, I, looks, it looks like they used that model number for reference, and it's freaking me out. Anyway, whatever. That was something that no one needed to know, and now everyone knows. This is a good book. You should buy it. Yes. Double buy on Great Lakes Avengers number one. You were just looking for comics that were set in the Midwest. Uh, our next book is Mosaic, number one, written by Jeffrey Thorne, art Carrie Randolph, colors Emilio Lopez, letters Joe Spino. I wanted to like this better than I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, it starts out fairly interesting. It's something that you see not so much of. It's NBA star, and then he gets taken over by Terrigen Mist. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a character that we've already seen a whole bunch. The guy that kind of like absorbs other people's powers. Jumps into their body, yeah. Yeah, I could really, I don't know. It's it's not like it's wretched, but I I was ready for this to not, for me to not have to read it anymore. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think the art is really dynamic. I really enjoyed, I don't know, I, I especially those basketball scenes like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is really like like really striking and i was like we i talk about a lot i feel like i talk about i mentioned every single episode but like a perspective a point of view and i was like i Mm -hmm. thought this episode i starting off it seemed like this comic book had that is very much like this really super popular guy the the best basketball player in the world presumably uh if he's mvp five years in a row that means you're probably the best basketball player in the world and like having to deal with this schism of how he presents himself in public and the, his true self and like trying to, I was hoping that would work itself into, maybe it will work itself into like how his powers work and how he ends up interacting with his family and the, the inhumans in general. Um, uh, this, his power is, I don't know. It's, it's a weird choice for a power, I guess. And it, I don't know how you present this with enough drama. Like, when he jumps into these people's bodies, I don't know who these people are, you know? Yeah. That's, and I like, like, we're, it's hard to grow attached to like these, these, these random gang members that he jumps into in, you know, 10 pages. And I'm, I'm like, it could be compelling if we get to know these people and could, we could see a way to like him in these bodies, but then also like he is them, but he's not them. And it's, it's almost like this, would be I felt like this would better be demonstrated like in a, like prose 
You know, mm-hmm. like you could do more like Yeah. You could spend more time in, on every page inside that character. Yeah, yeah, inside and like you hear internal thoughts and stuff like that. You get mm-hmm. a little bit of this, but most of it's just like, oh, suddenly he knows another language because a dude he was in for a second knew languages. Uh, I don't it's interesting and I like you said, I want it I want to like this, and it's not that it's bad, it's just straight it's strangely paced. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there's definitely some pacing problems. There's definitely some character empathy problems. Uh, I, I'd say some of the dialogue, particularly towards the the back half, is a little clunky as well. I, this feels like I, I don't know. I would have preferred this first issue just spending more time with this lead character. Right. So we can develop some some feelings for him and some understanding of his character and not just sort of jump in really quick, blast past all that stuff. All of a sudden he's an inhuman. All of a sudden 10,000 things are happening and the it's over. Yeah. And wait till next month. Yeah, it, it's it's a concept like that would seem like it would, you know, having him be be a person and be himself at the same time and being both those things in the same body. Like you with, it, it seems like a more cerebral focus. And that is inherently like kind of like that inherent promise that maybe like it could shift into him trying to have to understand all these different points of view. Like that is, that could be good and interesting. Mm. I don't, it, it's, it's a, Frankly, a, a difficult task to seem to like to do this in a yeah. superhero comic book, like, mm-hmm. and try and place him. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's an inhuman, but he's just an, like, just his own. He's not introducing the inhumans first. Like, if he has been, I haven't seen him in my, I, I'm, I am not reading all the inhumans books. Well, now there's only one. I was, I'm not reading the only inhumans books, but it is mostly, you know, they're geared up for the, the X-Men stuff with the humans like it's it's a strange time for this just to pop out as like hey it's an in- new and human book like like the last one that did that was miss marvel i think right no no ulysses from civil war 2 is also has this so-and-so book i don't think there's any others karnak no karnak has one but karnak was an established in human it's just i don't know i feel like i'm a buy with like five on the mush meter give it a couple issues, see if they find feet. Because I want it to be good, and I feel like there is a potential there. Like, there's a lot of, like, ingredients in this that if put together correctly would be really good. And I, sometimes I just kind of, even if it's not necessarily going to happen, I want it to. And I, if I give the book some time, maybe I'll find its feet. But I I I don't know that I, I don't know that I want to, I don't want it to be good that badly. I don't think, I don't think people should buy this book, honestly. Okay. I think it's too much of a mess. It it it's just I don't know. It's writing checks that it can't cash. Maybe three or four issues in, it'll be a lot better. I mean, the first several issues of the Sandman I think were terrible. So I mean it happens. For me, I am I'm a no thank you on this one. This could be a lot better. So that is Mosaic number one, a split decision with a much meter of five. Our next book is The Lost Boys, number one, written by Tim Seeley, Art Scott Godlewski, colors Trish Mulvihill, letters Clem Robbins. Scott Godlewski of, um, I think of the name of the book, Copperhead. Mm. Same artist as Copperhead. That uh, explains a lot. Uh, you've you've seen The Lost Boys, I assume. 
Hell no. You haven't seen Lost Boys? No, of course not. What do you mean, of course not? I've not seen the Lost Boys. It was like right, it seemed, I just, it seemed like that would be right in your growing up. I don't up. really like, I don't really like vampire movies. It's, I mean, it, it is a vampire movie. I don't like it because of the, it's not, I like the Lost Boys. It has nothing to do with the vampires. Mm-hmm. It is more about, cause it is a horror movie, but it is more of like the campy, funny kind of horror movie. Eight, certainly in mm-hmm. its, it is right in its time period, like 80s, you know, the 80s campy neon yeah. and trashy kind of stuff going on. There's, uh, Kiefer Sutherland's in it to give mm-hmm. you. Uh, I am fam- I am okay. familiar okay. with it's, what the movie is. I it, just have it, never seen it. I I'm legitimately surprised. I, it feels like a movie that like it was always on on like TBS. That no, it, I have it, as far as I know, I've literally never even seen it on television. Really? Okay. I've, yeah, I've never even, as far as I know, saw part of it on TV and been like, "Oh, this is the Lost Boys." I have not. It it occupies the same space in my mind as Gremlins, which is I have definitely seen. Probably Gremlins 2 more, but I've seen both of those. It's the same kind of... I watched them for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw this comic, I'm like... I, one, I was curious, like, is there enough nostalgia for the Lost Boys to carry a comic book? And two, I would imagine there is. Yeah, there's a, a lot of comic books. I mean, Escape from, El- Escape from New York is a comic book that is... And I, I didn't know that there was a lot of cultural cachet... Uh, given to snake pluskin but apparently there is enough at least enough to carry a, a on, ongoing uh, and this is another uh, again that comic like they start off this book with kind of retelling how the movie ends where like oh yeah the bad vampire got killed but okay having not seen the movie eric <laughs> how's this comic book it's okay i don't really know what any of this junk means um but i mean as a narrative, it holds up, you know, without really any of that information. But I do feel like I'm playing a lot of catch up and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And it's a it just feels like a bunch of nonsense to me. It's it's not bad, though. And I find it interesting. I think the world is interesting and it would I don't know. It It, it is appealing. You know, I like I like the Tim Seeley. I like this book. I think it looks good, and I think it reads pretty good, and it gets me interested. But I, uh, I don't know. There's a part of this that I'm that I just don't have, having never seen the film. It doesn't. This this comic doesn't actually. I think the a lot of the fun of the movie is that it's it never takes itself too seriously. It is a very much tongue in cheek, and I hope that I don't know. That a little bit of this is a little. It's trying to set up the overarching, you know, the story and where we're following these characters and the villains. And, like, it's doing a lot of establishing work. I think it's good and mm-hmm. it does manage to, like, convincingly – like, I know of, like, having not seen Lost Boys in quite a while still, I still know, like, oh, it's that character. Oh, it's that character. I feel like if it leans into the campy fun of it and not the – horror vampires like of course the vampires are bad and you know we have to deal with that but the fun of lost boys to me is like it's cory feldman and his weirdo in his like having the 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 corys do as their characters be like dumb idiot teenage vampire hunters like that's the fun in the in the lost boys and seeing like the vampire villains ham it up like that's the fun uh this is 
I think the tone is a little bit more, I don't know, it felt like it was a slightly, a little bit more serious than the movie was. Uh, but Tim Seeley does generally write pretty campy horror stuff if he, when he's writing horror books. So. Oh yeah. I, I think I'm a buy. I, you know, it's for a licensed comic. It doesn't, it does not rely on the, the movie to work. Yeah. Well, I mean, I managed to enjoy it and look, yeah, never seen it. So I think it's probably worth a read if you're in either camp. So yeah. Yeah. And I, something I will continue to check in on probably from time to time to see where the book's at, how it's going and, but I'm a buy. I think I'm just a buy. Mm-hmm. Me as well. Double buy. The Lost Boys, number one. Next up, our final book of the week is Warlords of Appalachia, number one, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, illustrated by Jonas Scharf. Scarf? Scharf. I'm thinking it's Scharf, right? It's not, his name's not Scarf. Colored by Doug Garbark, lettered by Jim Campbell. Scarf is the guy from uh, Luke Cage. This book <laughs> is... I like the. I just wanted to. I need some silence there to. I need a pregnant pause. Uh, I don't know what to make of this thing. This book? Yeah, it's. I, I, I don't see what's so strange about it. I thought it was uh, very interesting. Well, it's no. It certainly is interesting, and I definitely am intrigued by it. So I guess it did accomplish that mission. I just. Is it okay? You're reading on all these characters. It's in a kind of a weird alternate. Alternate future where mm-hmm. the government, the government and the states, there have been civil wars and Kentucky is occupied and it's about religion and mm-hmm. guns. And I don't know where we're, are we supposed to be rooting for this rebel guy? Like, I'm not, I feel like his hero. There's is- a lot of, right. There's a lot of pieces of this that are not terribly clear, I think, in terms of what's what. Um, I, I'm pretty positive, yes, we're supposed to be rooting for this guy. Okay. That these people are, I don't know, that they've, they've protested, uh, and seceded, and the federal government has cut off all their power and resources. Mm-hmm. The thing, I don't know, it, it, it's the kind of thing that I don't think we would have a, sp- like, did you read the speech in the beginning by the, a Democratic senator from Virginia. I don't think there would be a Democratic senator from Virginia making that speech. Um, but I think they, they wanted to make it about something that's not just ugly politics. But I mean, I could, the, the people I know from like West Virginia and the Appalachian Mountains, I mean, that if anyone was going to actually break away, it would be them because they basically, God, people in the Appalachians are like, horribly destitute lots mm-hmm. of them to yeah. the point to where like they say like i'm really tired of expose people and like documentary people coming in here and doing a, yet another documentary about how fucking poor we all are that you know they 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 live off the land and they have nothing and feel like they don't owe anything to anyone so it it feels very interesting to me and it doesn't seem like it's saying the same dumb things over and over again. I, I don't know. I find it interesting just because it is so weird that it's kind of in a silly but and comic booky sort of way referencing the problems that are going on, like the people that are addicted to the prescription drugs in in, in Appalachia, the uh the hillbilly heroin. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that there's apparently like a, a whole pipeline that's set up, like people come down here to Florida and buy it and then sell it all over the South. It's, it's interesting. It's, I feel like it's referencing these things, but it's not like overt. Like it's doing things in kind of a campy and heavy handed kind of way. Like the, the president is like, he's like a character from Transmetropolitan. Yeah. That's, and that's, I think my, I think a lot of my feelings about it lie there where I'm not mm-hmm. like rural poverty is a huge, like there's a actually a big article, like cracked had a big article about how like that is an unspoken, like yeah. core at a lot of the, yes, the schism in this the, the, election, the, the Trumpism and yeah. all that stuff. Of course it is. There's yeah. this, you have horribly destitute white people and it's not fashionable to say, look at these poor white people that have fucking nothing, um, and uh, they're gonna find the first person that they can who's gonna stand on their side. And it, well, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It happens to be a white supremacist or whatever. They just need someone that's on their side. I mean, it, it's it's all pretty obvious that it's all spelled out there. It's gonna happen. But it's, I, I think. It's amazing that Crack does as good journalism as it does. I mean, not like always. Depends. But like, yeah. you'll see something that comes out of them, and it's like, this is really good. It's, but there, there is a lot of that in here. I think it's in, like they mentioned, like, I think the, some of the, the, the hype, the pitch for this is very much like, it's like a preacher meets Southern Bastards, Southern, it's something, something meets Southern Bastards. You know, it's, mm-hmm. of course, it's set in this, the, rural south so of course it's yeah. something meets southern bastards but i feel like it's maybe i think the maybe it's the fact that the pre like that presidential figure is so oh like is trans metropolitan so over the top villainous yep yep i can't i'm having trouble like I'm like well of course i'm rooting for the i, I wish there was more ambiguity i think that's the thing mm-hmm. i want more ambiguity in this like i it's a hard sell to me to root for the militia guy, like even I, mean, I understand this is an alternate reality, so nothing nece- like they can change the rules. It's just, and they don't they give a, they don't give a lot of time to get like they this dude cares about his blue kid, which I don't I don't understand why the blue boys. It, it's like it's, a drug thing, right? It's the it's yeah, it's that's what I was talking about. Right. With the, uh... I mean, it's not impossible. Um, people do turn blue when they eat silver. Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. It, yeah, I know. It's, I like this, and it's really, it has potential to be interesting. It, this, there's a lot that happens in this issue as well. Yes, there's, there's a ton in, God, 28 pages, 27 pages. I would have, the kind of scope of this issue in itself kind of, I would expect to be like an arc. You know, mm-hmm. like to like that more. Like that's what I come to expect from like a Southern Bastards is kind of a slow burn of like, and then a big explosion of yeah. violence or, or 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 event. But this is very much like no right away chaos. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I would want more character time too. But yeah, again, that that I want more stuff from these characters and see more stuff from it is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I no, I it's an interesting perspective. It is a thing that you're right, and we're, we kind of mentioned it a couple times that a lot of people don't, they don't talk about rural poverty yeah. very much anywhere. Uh, so seeing, I, I want it to be 
less cartoony. You know, I want it to be mm-hmm. more serious and actually like take a hard look at that. Like the stuff in Southern Bastards yeah. is brutal in its mm-hmm. portrayal. Like that issue with the snake handlers. Like that's what I th- thought about a lot when yes. I was thinking about this issue. Exactly. And if it can, but it, it doesn't feel. I mean, it doesn't feel ridiculous or over the top no. or cartoony. It's just no. big. It's yeah. It is like the fact that there's. The president is in this thing. Like that's the thing. Uh-huh. Like, well, I, I, I am. It's good, and I want to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Some of I, I think it is an excellent book. Um, but I agree with all your assessments, and I do think that it is. It's pretty flawed. Um, I, I hope it goes the right direction, and I really like it. So I'm a buy as well. Double buy. Warlords of Appalachia. Number one. We can move on. To our next segment, it is time for Checking In. Checking In is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Are things seen, done, played, worked, whatever. Nerdy things, occasionally, sometimes just discussion. It could be anything, really. Uh, Okay, I've only watched some of Luke Cage. We're going to try and remain spoiler-free, but Eric, you finished it, correct? I have finished it. I didn't like intensely watch every single episode because I've been working. Also, yeah, I've also been um, also been inktobering like a madman. Well, uh, general impressions. Um, it's very good. It does have some problems, um, and that I think it's really trying to stretch so little content into thirteen episodes. I think it's a really tough sell. But I think it's got some really excellent moments. And I think it's it's very timely and so far I don't know if I like it better than than Daredevil, but I'd put it at least on its level. I think it does too many things too well, despite um any shortcomings it might have. What what episode have you gotten to? I've watched all what thirteen of them. I've only seen the first two, I think. Oh wow! I think the first two. Yeah. Wow. But okay. I've really enjoyed it so far. Uh, no, the 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 first several I think are very good, but it's it's long about episode four or five that you're like, well, they're just it just feels like they're delaying things, and I think that's then, a large a lot of the Marvel television shows. I feel like are. I've had the same problem with those Daredevil times where it felt very yeah. much like season two. I felt like it wasn't as big a problem as Daredevil season one. Daredevil season one felt like it was slow at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daredevil season two, I think because they added Punisher stuff along with all the Electra yes. stuff and, you know, threw in, there's all these different pieces interacting with each other. Plus Kingpin mm-hmm. comes back. Like, you know, there's mo- more moving pieces. And I feel like, yes, th- this, this would do well with more of that and that, in some form or fashion, within the first two episodes or so, you get basically every important uh, character, and I don't know. There's just kind of not enough that it's just a bunch of derping around. Not a whole lot's introduced. Not enough big things happen. Like, I think that this show could could be four or five episodes, and you could tell all that story, and it would be better. Yeah, it would be it'd be nicer, it'd be tidier. I just think it's a lot of fluff. I personally feel like that's a problem with a lot of this the new television model. In the, yeah, I have a. It's whenever someone recommends, oh, this new TV show is so good, you should watch it. And I'm like, okay, and I watch it for like two or three episodes, 
And I go, I mean, the acting is good. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful. Like the, the, sh- like the cinematography and the, sh- and the camera work is really great. The music is solid, but not much happens. And I don't know. I don't, you are one of the busiest people I know. <laughs> and I can't, a lot of the time I can't, if I, like, I don't, if I wasn't a Marvel, huge Marvel fan, I don't know if I would have finished Daredevil season one, you know, like I, I, I don't know. I didn't have that hard a time finishing it, but I do think, yeah, I, 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 it's my problem with Preacher. Like I watched yes. four episodes. And no, I'm like, nothing Preacher has happened. does no, exactly. Preacher did feel like a lot of dicking around and I did not finish it. I think I got about as far as you did. Unless you went back and watched more, I have no, I have not revisited that. Sh- I'll, I'll start no. season if season two starts out and people are like, oh yeah, it's they finally got to the stuff that's in the comics. I'll be like, okay, well I'll try and watch it again. But well, I don't really, I wouldn't really care if it ever, you know, whether it was about the comics or not. I just feel like they were kind of making something that was their own thing and it wasn't that great. It wasn't superlative and it was a lot of, it was not a lot of content. It didn't feel rich enough. I mean, it's, I don't mean like, oh, it, it, it adheres to whatever happens in the comic, but what oh, I yeah, like no, about Preacher no. is the weird Jesse dealing with his own mm-hmm. bullshit along yes. with the weird ass supernatural stuff going on mm-hmm. with, with God and the angels. I, 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 I understand yeah. that. I just, I don't want small town Texas life for a season of television. I, I, I feel you there. Would you say that this sort of mini series model of television shows, started with the sopranos yeah i think a lot of people trace the lineage back there back to the sopranos to the thing about david chases yeah i think most of that stuff it it, i would always like look back on old episodes and rewatch them and i'd be shocked about how much stuff would happen in an episode you know it was Mm -hmm. a big cast a lot of interesting things happening and I was like, wow, this happened in only the second episode? That's un- I can't believe that. I remembered that happening so much later. I don't, you don't really get that, uh, in, in Luke Cage. It's very interesting. It's very good. His backstory is very interesting and very good. All of the side characters are very interesting and very good, but it's just, it feels reserved mm-hmm. and possibly by design that they're like, well, here's the things that you can put in this. Here's how many episodes we want. Now come up with this. And that I think is its its weak point. Um, in terms of, you know, being socially conscious and saying the right things, I think that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. You know, they really, they really play him up and it's the hero of Harlem and all of these things that I think we do need in, in culture nowadays. Uh, I mean, I, I thought that that was just something some people were saying about the show, but that's actually in the show where they say, you know, we need a, a, a bulletproof black superhero. Um, it's just something that I think the zeitgeist needs on that level. I think it's really good. I think, um, I, I did not like, what's his name? Mike something, Mike Coulter. It starts with this. Yeah. Mike Coulter. Uh, Ann Coulter's younger brother. Oh, God. Didn't, uh, little known fact. I don't, not sure if that's accurate. That's, that's not accurate. Okay, good. Um, I didn't like him in, uh, Jessica Jones. I like him in this. Okay. You know, he warms up a lot, and I feel like this supporting cast is a lot better. 
I mean, he was just basically like, just stand there and be pretty. And, and Jessica Jones, he was a st- stupid character. And I don't think you've gotten to Rosario Dawson being in it either, did I, you? I have not, no. I, She's the Nick Fury of the uh, Marvel television. I guess so. Nike Nurse is. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. I like Rosario Dawson no, a great. lot. No, she's awesome. And I feel like she's try- she, she's been trying to break into nerd culture for a while. Like I, I actually met her at Heroes Con uh, when Clerks 2 was a thing. Back when they actually had celebrity guests at Heroes Con. Um, no, she's great in it. The cast is great in it. I just, I think seven episodes yeah. would have got the job done. It's, it's too much. There's too much dead wood in the middle there. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it, it, it is good. The, th- I want to know what you think about, um, and I'm almost hesitant. Do you want me to, to tell you, uh, this is a potential spoiler. Do you want to hear it? Um, Sure, I don't. I'm not super. Well, I want to. I want to know. In, I want to know specifically what you end up thinking about the 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 bad guy switch in this. Okay. Because I think it's one of the more interesting things that happens in the story, but I don't think it really leads us to a better like a a better story or a better ending. It feels like nothing really changes. Okay. But anyway, I'm interested to hear more of your thoughts on it, and I think we'll probably do a uh, full spoiler discussion. Yeah, we'll do a full spoiler discussion at some point once you uh, finish it. Manage to do some stuff, read some things. I'm gonna make a concerted effort to finish it this week. It was it 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 always takes a bit of effort from me. It's the length of oh yeah hour long hour long episodes are always troubling. Like I'm my attention span has. I as a I don't know it's strange thing as I've gotten older I mm-hmm. mine's the same having to sit for longer periods of time to watch things is much more difficult for me yeah I think we're all we have all have adult onset ADD um how's you're, you're still pumping out October <laughs> I'm gonna do one as soon as we get off of this what are you doing tonight oh you have to it's a surprise don't you don't you want to wait and see either way I'm doing I'm doing BB King okay that's cool I'm doing doing Albert King. I guess his father's name actually, Albert King. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. But the the BB King. I found a really. I found a picture of him as a young man that I really like. I'm going to use it. It's pretty great. I don't think people have seen enough pictures of him when he was young and handsome. He's also wearing glasses. He looks kind of awesome. So I want to. I want to use that picture. They're still good. Yep. Yep. I think I'm going to wait to and publish it tomorrow, though, because, you know, he was born on a Monday, don't you know? Was he now? Just like Solomon Grundy. Oh, no. No, Stormy Monday. Okay. I thought we were going to go into, like, a weird analog blues musician Solomon Grundy thing, and I didn't know what to do No, I, I, I got nothing there. <laughs> I mean, his little poem—I mean, if you— had B.B. King playing guitar while Solomon Grundy did his little "Born on a Monday, blah, 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 on a Tuesday." Blah, blah, that does it, it. It would it would make a uh, an interesting twelve bar blues song, wouldn't it? It would. Or is it eight bar? I, I don't remember. I don't know. I forget the I forget the formula for that. I I do want to briefly mention a video game I've been playing called Overcooked. It is a couch co op game. Uh, you can play it single player. I would 
it's probably you're probably not going to get everything out of it if you're playing it by uh playing it one player but it's more fun with manic madcap two or three or four players where you are working in a kitchen okay here i'm a sub here's how the story starts eric if i told mm-hmm. you hey i'm playing a cooking game would you expect and it has and it has a story it the story begins where you are visited by the onion king who has told has told you that uh, uh a giant evil devil monster is that looks like spaghetti is is destroying the earth the only way to save it is to travel back in time get your cooking skills up in order so that by the time you catch up to the present you can use your cooking skills to satiate the big monster i like how weird that sounds and and you'll try like if you jump back to the year 1993 and you just go on little cooking adventures. Like, the gameplay has nothing to do with, like, a big giant spaghetti monster uh, yet, but you're just in weird scenarios where you and I'm playing with my wife, and you are just running around this kitchen trying to chop stuff up, throw stuff in pots, get it served, clean plates, like, you know, fun, like, madcap minigame stuff going on. All the, like, one of the levels is your kitchen is on the back of two moving trucks. Yeah, and, I just saw the video of that. And the, 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 they split apart from each other, and <laughs> you you need to cut something, but the knives are on the other side, and you can't cross that distance, so you have to plan ahead, or the one where there's an earthquake happening, and the, you're up on higher ground. Half your kitchen is higher, and you can't, there's no moving back in between, and there's conveyor belts and all kinds of, like, fun stuff like that, uh... It's a, it looks like an amazing party game. I'm, like I, I got to be perfectly honest. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, yeah. we were uh, jumping back and forth trying to get uh, full stars on all the all of the missions, and you can play as fun. You unlock new chefs that you can play as. I there is literally one of them is a raccoon in a wheelchair. A rac- I was not expecting that last part. I know a raccoon, but in a wheelchair. Like it's a raccoon wheelchair chef. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a weird fun little game. It's like twenty bucks, I think, on all platforms. You can get it on sixteen ninety nine right now seven, on the Steam. Okay, seventeen dollars, even cheaper. Yeah, but it's it's been it was a lot of fun, and I'm I'm looking forward to playing it more. Uh, it and does. Also, it looks very cute, and it looks very fun. I I support this. We need more weird in video games. I've also been playing the Overwatch Halloween stuff. I'm I'm jealous. The skins are really good. I, the, the, the fucking, like, is it Genji? His shit was just straight up riding from Revengeance. They have a. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, Metal I, Gear Revengeance? Y- yes, I do know. It's exact, like, it's not even hiding it. It's just like, we're just gonna take this and put it right in there. Well, they make, there's a, a Junkrat is Doctor, the, like, there's a little brawl, the brawl mode they have for this event is a PvE mode, like a horde mode, mm-hmm. where you are fighting robots unleashed by Dr. Junkenstein, who is, the Junkrat skin makes him look like an, like, basically like Rick. Mm-hmm. Or Morty. Rick. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Rick. Rick. Not Morty. Not Morty's Rick. A... Rick from Rick and Morty. It makes him look like that. And his monster is, uh, Roadhog, who looks like Frankenstein's monster. And there's all these, they all, Mercy is a witch. Like they've, I mean. Seems, it's, it sounds very cute. Yeah, she has a, her, her healing wand is a broom. Oh, the, it's good. It's fun. I'm, I, I am sure. I'm surprised I haven't seen more, like, drawings and things about it on, uh, on, on Twitter and stuff like that because they, <laughs> 
basically everyone has lost their mind about about this shit. Overwatch fan art is its own genre now. It really, really is. There's it's fractal and it goes on forever. Uh, it's only been out five but, days, so you give people some a little bit of time and they'll probably can be... I ch- can I check in with this? Sure. What what is it? I, I should probably shouldn't give you agreement before I looked at it. What? What am I looking at? Why is it Colonel Sanders a bench? Why I don't some 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 insane person tweeted this. I'm not following this crazy person. I wonder if I should. That's a Colonel Sanders bench. That's weird. I don't. Want, it is. I don't, want to look I don't know anymore. who thought that was a good idea. I don't want to sit on a giant Colonel Sanders lap. Weird wide lap. Overwatch is still a good game. I did, nothing has changed. It's still really good. But now you can dress your characters up in Halloween costumes. I think it's important. It's very important. I wish all that was all. That was always my favorite uh, Homestar Runners is when they would dress them up in Halloween costumes. And they have other like other like all the they have like spooky. There's did you have you seen Anna's uh, grandma candy emote? Oh my god, that's uh, that's the one that's Farah's mother. Mm-hmm. Oh god. There was a a, a fairly uh, well traveled little comic about. Anna giving people grandma candy, and Blizzard just went, ah, we're going to put that in the game now. That's so good. They, I mean, they put, why is it called Gremlin Diva? Because, I don't know, I mean, the weird gaming thing where, like, these kids eat Doritos and Mountain Dew, and I think it's... Whatever it is, they made they made the Doritos and Mountain Dew ca- canon. Yes. And that's so silly, it... it I can't believe what, I, I don't know, Blizzard is kind of incredible. They've I, I don't know how a game company can make it's 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 drugs. They make drugs bad. They need to be destroyed. <laughs> they're they're controlling too much of the world. But Overwatch, Overwatch and Overcooked. Mm-hmm. All over. Mm-hmm. You ever played uh, Chop Serve Delicious? I think is what it's called. I have. Yes. My brother was introduced me to that. So it's very addictive. I think that's what it's called. It, that cook, cook serve cook delicious. Serve Excuse delicious. me. There you go. Yeah, close enough. I know what you're talking about. Yes, you did immediately. It's a very it looks, good game. It, it looks similar in scope that it's a, a cooking game and it requires timing and all that thing. Except mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're coordinating a whole bunch of stuff and you're, yeah, you're not. You're doing. You're actually moving around the kitchen in this situation. In Cook, Serve, Delicious, you're just kind of like organizing ingredients in the right places mm-hmm. and moving things around. But in this, you're actually like having to move between stations and perform manual cutting and moving ingredients around and throwing stuff in trash and cleaning dishes and stuff. But there, this is much more – because it's a co-op game, it's a lot more about the cooperation, getting timing down between multiple people all having to work together. Mm. You ready to talk about some robots? Ready to robot it up. Ready to robot it up. It is time for our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will sign a longer collective work and discuss it in depth, like you would a book club. This week we are reading, I'm not going to correct myself, we are reading Descender Volume 1 and 2 by Jeff Lee Meyer and Dustin Wynn. Um, letters by Steve Wands. What are your thoughts, Eric? You like this book? I like robots. I mean, yeah, they're good. I, uh, no, I think, honestly, this is... Um, and I liked Jeff Lee Meyer before this, and a lot of people told me that this is really good and that I should read it and that I would like it. Um, and it turns out that it's really good. 
and I should have read it, and I did like it. It's 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 not what I thought it was going to be, though. Yeah, that's the same reaction I kind of have. Actually, is it's I was ex- I was expecting more an introspective kind of thoughtful yeah piece on what is humanity and what's a robot, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But this is more like action packed kind of mm-hmm. uh, sci-fi action adventure thing. It's a little like Battlestar Galactica, you know, war of robots and machines. Mm-hmm. Different factions all trying to mm-hmm. some mass effect in there. Of course. Uh, I was going to say that was exactly my next words was mass effect. It's well, very mass effect. Well, it takes, you start the story off in like a core place where all the societies mm. work together and then and then here's a massive thing and then i hear the music from me3 <laughs> yeah there's a lot of a, a big event happens and then suddenly everyone hates each other and we have to avoid war um mm-hmm. i don't know where to start why don't you recap uh, the sort of shape of the story we can start there and see where we where that takes us the shape, yeah, like I, the the big event happens, world changing, mm-hmm. monster robot gods show up. Uh, the Eternals, it, basically, yeah, it is kind of like the Eternals, except they are the Celestials. Robot, shows up. robot Celestials mm-hmm. uh, show up and kill a lot of people, and yeah. then um, they are they because of this. We have it. We have a time jump, uh, and we get kind of what happens in the intervening years through the perspective of Tim, a little robot Tim 20, boy. Tim 21. 21, cause, and that's important because another one shows up later. There's a 22. <laughs> There's a 22. And we see kind of what happens uh, in the interim, at, at first at least, through his perspective as he's woken up. He says he was put to sleep by his former owner slash parent and wakes up 10 years later and robots are... Uh, persecuted, uh, hunted mm-hmm. in a lot of situations, and he is a a hot target because the c- governing council of the these system of all these different races think he's the secret. He has the secret inside of him. Yes, about the big robot gods. Like there's something inside of him that can lead them to more information. Maybe they can figure out what they are. I think their just their description of that is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, the DNA. I, thing. I basically, I yeah, I I I read that and I'm like, okay, so he's the MacGuffin. That, that I I did not go back and read it again and try to figure out what the hell they're trying to. It's nonsense. No, they're just it's like silly it's, as hell. It's robot DNA. I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm like that's really silly. You could. There's a way you could frame it that actually, if you want, if you want to try and like, hey, science, there's a way you could try, like, make it yeah. that it wouldn't be ridiculous. But when you start selling me on robot DNA, I'm like, that, this is, it's like for, it's like our DNA, but for robots. I'm like, mm, no, not. It's a little, it's, it's silly. And I, yeah, it's one of those things that it's, it's got to be part of your suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it is. I think it was the biggest thing I had to do the uh-uh. suspension of disbelief for. Cause like everything else in this was inherently like, yeah, okay. I want to see what, what's happening. I like, like the factions are a little tropey, but not so crazy that I didn't, that I didn't, you know, it bothered me. Uh, uh-huh. you got the, you know, the robot haters and you got the, the cyborg half 
the the in betweeners queen of the queen between oh that's also that made me wince a little bit but uh yeah it's it's not the best but it's it it's i don't know i i got the we're not we're not supposed to be like oh that's such an awesome name like no, he's rolling his eyes at it it's supposed to be like it's something that she picked out and is kind of dumb but she still i don't know he goes along with it yeah he being dun 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 the former friend boy of Tim when he was a kid. His now, brother. Yeah, his brother. Theory, tech, his his, his adopted, brother in, in quotes. Adopted brother now Correct. is a bounty hunter who hunts down robots and kills them. And I I am that does make me interesting. Or it make me interested. Um, that I wonder, like, what is he going to do? Is he going to find him and and like destroy him? Are we sort of being misled, like in the Searchers? Have you ever seen The Searchers? That's a John Wayne? John Wayne movie, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've seen it. I think I've only heard of it. Honestly, I think that the ending, it I, it feels artificial to me. The whole idea is he spends, I don't know, like I think literally 10 years, him and this other dude spend 10 years uh, rescuing some girl that was kidnapped by Indians, and you're basically led to believe the whole movie that he's going to kill the girl. And he doesn't. He just takes her home. And it's very sweet and saccharine, and it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. It feels like a big swerve, and it doesn't feel like it's out of his character. Right. I, I don't I don't know what's going to... I have a... I don't know. I totally... Did you see that coming? The, the brother? Yeah. I thought it was very obvious that it was going to be something uh, very big like that, but I didn't realize it was going to be the brother, because the it, we were minute. really believed... That he was that dead. It was, yeah. Yeah. I, the minute I saw that bounty hunter and his face was covered, I went, oh, that's Andy. That's yeah. the brother. Like, immediately, I'm like... I'm Right, I'm not too surprised by that. I did not really see it coming, but... It's not It's not like it's going to be... Like, the amount they talk about it... Yeah. Is... Leads, uh, it means something, obviously. Like, something yes. is going to happen. It's pretty well telegraphed, but I... I don't know. I was misdirected enough. It, it's pretty no. I'm, I I I feel you there. I feel like it is going to be that he's. I don't think he's going to kill Tim Twenty One. Although at the end of the volume two, we don't know necessarily how Tim Twenty One's doing because his evil clone, one of the other Tims. I I think I don't. Do you wish this comic was more and like kind of intro, introverted and thoughtful and stuff like that or? I don't dislike what this is, right? Because um, I feel like it's kind of a big space adventure story, kind of at the right level that um, we just got off of the Omega Men mm -hmm. that I felt was kind of on the wrong level. That this feels the the Omega Men felt like it was about this larger world. And we were just sort of focusing on a few characters. This feels like it's about a few characters, and we experience the larger world through them. And I think that that's better, if that makes sense, if that's not too ridiculous a thing to say. Its reach does not exceed its grasp? Eh, I suppose you could say that. It feels a little better to me than, than Omega, Man, Omega Men does. I think I also like the characters in this a lot more than I do the characters in Omega Men. So I think that's a big thing as well. I think their world is also more interesting. The fact that there's like this weird 
like ghost nebula that they drive through. Mm-hmm. And I really, I don't know that I like her character. What is her name? Tesla? Telza. Telza. That's excuse the, me. That's the gag is that some dude, the dude, uh, what's his face? The scientist he, guy. He calls her Tesla. He calls her Tesla like five times and she's like, no, Telza. But yeah, Telza. I like her character design a lot. I don't know that I like her character or not, but she's, she's interesting at least to me. No, I think there's a lot of very fun stuff in this book. I love the hideous, like, eyeball and teeth monster that becomes the guy's sidekick. I actually think he is my favorite character in this he's comic book. He's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's pretty great. I, I was gonna say, I think if I have a complaint, is that it's not, there's not enough of that kind of levity. I, it's, there's not a bunch of, it, there's not a lot of fun happening necessarily. You know, it's it's very fairly well, I mean, serious. This is, more, this is more fun than the Omega Men. Yeah, I, Omega Men was not fun at all. No, I don't. I think I don't. This has a little bit, and I I definitely agree that it could use a little bit of that. Uh, I don't know, maybe a little Joss Whedon humor in there. Yeah, exactly. Something some, like that. Some little snappy dialogue here and there. Just some mm-hmm. people. Some. Like, cause the core of it is like, hey, we're trying to murder this little robot that looks like a little boy for a lot of it. I'm just like, okay, that's pretty heavy. Like, that's AI, and AI is also a very heavy thing that I think would have benefited from some levity. Uh, I, 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 him, that, I, whatever his name is, I was, I'm welcomed his appearance. I'm like, oh, finally, we get a dumb, we got a rocket raccoon to spice this up a little bit. You know, another, a guy to make, jokes about how everyone else is so self-serious about how Winter Soldier over here needs to find his little boy and then murder him or something. I like uh, Driller, too. No, Driller's good. Driller's Driller's pretty awesome. (laughs) Driller is killer. Driller's a killer. (laughs) So ridiculous. I I think there's a lot of very interesting things going on here, and I like a lot of these characters. I don't know. This is this is a lot of fun for me, despite the fact that I I mean, I agree with you that it 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 could benefit from a little bit more of the fun stuff and a little bit less of like the the heavy like gloom and doom. I think it's just that a lot of our characters are are so serious and the situation is so serious. Yeah, you can't necessarily like have them joking around. Oh, isn't it funny that we're murdering these people? Yeah. yeah. I I. I think I do. I don't know. It. I'm curious if it ever does end up because it it pokes it and prods at the edges of, you know, what's what's a ro are these robots alive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like these robots ha- are clearly sentient. Like that's not a mm-hmm. question. Like these are they've started their own planet. Like it's not like it's a mystery if these people if they're have feel they clearly have feelings. But they talk a lot about Tim Twenty One having his emotions turned up too high. I'm like, I'm wondering, like, I wish that they would confront some of the, like, I'm, I'm wondering if like, if they're just not talking about this stuff because they don't want to have to worry about like systems that manage all mm-hmm. that, like have to actually come up with rules for that stuff in their world. Mm, I think you could very easily go down the corridor of uh too hard sci-fi. And I think that this doesn't want to be too hard sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of wants to wave that stuff away. I mean, robot DNA. I know. It's just, but at the same time, you have, like, these two Tims. Like, it seems like at that point, you're just like, this is a chance for us to kind of, like, immediately when you see 
a Tim well, that was one. You see the our Tim twenty one, the one we meet first, is raised by humans mm-hmm. and pretty like nice humans, right? Like the that mother, yeah, is, like kind of comically nice. You know, they're like they're like petting kitties on the heads and feeding orphans and stuff. It's a little it's a little ridiculous, like how how nice they are and. You contrast that with like, hey, you mean another Tim who was raised by robots, right? Who is socialized, quote unquote, by other machines. Mm-hmm. The first thing we see him do is blow the king's head off. Yeah, who commits a political assassination? Yes, on command. He's an assassin. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I really, I've thought they would get to the point where, hey, it seems like you would do that to introduce the the theme of like. I hate to like dilute the argument down to like pit bulls, but you know, mm-hmm. like if you have a good owner of a good, of like socialization of, of like any dog can be a good dog and any dog can be a bad dog. Just like any person, like if you raise someone and to do like be a good person, like I, again, I, it's, I think the mere presence of that stuff makes me curious. I think that's the thing. Like, I think you're right in that it, this book doesn't want to try and confront those deeper issues necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, like, like is it are they even like do they are they aware that those questions are there? Like, because when I see the idealistic nice Tim be pushed into a, a theoretically a lava pit or whatever by the assassin Tim, I'm just going, oh well, the robots are robots raised him to be a monster, so of course he's a monster, like. Is are like uh Telza herself uh, is completely distrustful of all the robots, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering. Are I I don't think it's giving us the ambiguity. I don't. Is it? Are we supposed to be being presented with like ambiguity about some of these factions, like the robot faction? Yeah, I don't think any of it's black and white. Not really. Okay. I really, I, I really wonder where it's going to go that it's quite as heavy handed as, oh, well, these robots are bad and they cause this Holocaust. Like, I think it's going to turn up that it's some other out. Like, I see them, it, they're the guests. Yeah. You know, yeah. That they can easily be painted as a boogeyman and some of them are, you know, a little more whatever. They're, they're happy going off and murdering shit. But in general, they just sort of want to, to create their own future, as they say. Um, and it, I imagine it's going to turn up like that, that um, they have created their own whatever to try and, I don't know, to try and take control of their own destiny, to try and protect themselves, because they just sort of feel like there's a huge culture war coming on. And they're from their point of view, they're just like just genocide. It's what I would hope anyway. I mean, it could be that they are just big bad and that's what, that's what we would think from this whole Tim 21, Tim 22 big reveal at the end of the book. Well, it's, and it's, I'm not even, I don't think that there, I, I do think that there's some sort of mystery that we are, we've been hinted at from time to time about how, you know, the, the scientist, he stole all these designs from some ancient robot that is the root of the monsters, the big celestial robot guys who murdered all those people. Mm-hmm. There's some something there. Yes, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's just 
it, it seems because, and exactly that's what I'm saying is it seems unlikely that that's where they're from. Yeah. It seems like it's, it's a bigger thing, bigger than this planet of robots. And that question of a robot afterlife? Yeah. That weird. I thought of the, uh, the, the, the quote from, uh, Stephen Hawking's, there's no, there's no, what was it? There's no, there's no heaven for dead computers. Really like that quote. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I don't know. There is no heaven or afterlife for broken down computers. And that's, I, I don't know, that's an, an interesting, but a, it's another thing that seems like too philosophical for this book necessarily. Like it is, it feels like lost to me. I bring up lost a lot, but it's worth bringing up. Yeah, it's we're lost at its core is really just like, hey, it's a weird action adventure mystery set on an island. We get people running around with guns and punching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then it tries to throw you off the scent with these weird mysteries and philosophy and stuff. But in the end, it's a very kind of simple answer that most people predicted relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. And it. Like, Lost was at its best when it was just worried about, like, character and stuff like that. You know, it was just like, hey, this character is interesting in this way. Like, that was always my favorite parts of Lost, not that overarching mystery. And I'm, like, wondering, like, this book is the same. Like, hey, I like, I'm liking these characters. They're, like, the way seeing them interact with each other is interesting and seeing their, like, their backstories. And it's presented really interesting as well. You know, I like, I've liked the various flashback sequences that they're in these, in the two volumes. Yeah. I just, it's, at some point you're going to have to confront those mysteries about the, the robot gods and, the ghost, the robot afterlife, and those things, and I'm just you build I it up like a lot. lot of, I I feel like a lot of this is I I don't feel like this is going to be bait and switch on that stuff. Okay, I feel like we're going to get some at least semi satisfying answers on all of these things. I I don't imagine they're just going to get to a point and be like, well, we're not going to talk about that. Here's three more weird things. I don't really see that in this. Law God, loss is so frustrating. <laughs> no, I think we might not get a full answer on it, but I think we'll get some answer. Yes, I I, I agree with you. To there there will be at least there'll be at least something. How do you uh, have we read any Dustin Wynn before? Uh, I don't remember. The name is super familiar. I feel like these interiors are too mushy. What do you mean by that? Um. Like, the drawing, I think, looks good, but I think that the watercolor, it's like he's bullshitting through it in a lot of, in a lot of scenarios. It doesn't look finished on a lot of pages. I mean, it's not horrible, and obviously you have to, you have to do things on a time limit and on a budget. They have to be what they're gonna be, but it, a lot of these panels feel super empty and super bullshitted through. There's a lot of very good, very rich ones, and there's some that seem overdone and oversaturated, and it's mostly the color. It's very loose pencils, and a lot of stuff that just doesn't look finished. He draws these robots really well, though. He's obviously got a really great knack for that. There's not none of it bad. It tells the story very well. I just wish that a lot of it looked more complete. You didn't get any of that? I never felt it, you know, as I was reading it. I've never, like, I think the... I usually, you know, I think some Phil Noto books, older Phil Noto books, 
Those are the ones mm-hmm. like I when I read them, they immediately start out like, oh, this feels empty because, you know, mm-hmm. the backgrounds are plain. I never I don't maybe it's just the nature of the watercolor that, you know, as a basically a layman, uh, it doesn't necessarily it feels just stylist stylish. You know, it feels very much like, hey, it's watercolor. It's slapdash occasionally. You know, the the natural kind of nature of the the, the look makes mm-hmm. it. It doesn't, it makes it stand out less. You know, I, I just went, oh, well, there's, it's, it looks weird here, but I just go, oh, it's like kind of like a, it's a watercolor. You know, it, I, I forgive those sins, I guess. I don't, I never thought about it. And I, mm. really. Yeah, considering, I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing a bunch of watercolor paintings and mm-hmm. you're working. With I don't, it. yeah, it just, there's places where it looks like, oh my God, look at that. That's really skillfully done. And there's some parts where it looks like, Oh, this is absolute and utter bullshit, and you're bullshitting through this, and it it bothers me. Um, but there's a lot of good. It it's obviously done by a very talented person. I don't think I could make a book look this good. So I mean, I'll I'm not gonna shit talk it so much. You know, there's a lot of things in here that I know I couldn't do at all. There's a lot of very impressive artwork. I, I wish that this whole book looked like his covers, which are amazing. I wish they were that level finished. And they're often not. I I think we harp on this a lot, but the very nature of serialized comic books and story like this is this is creator mm-hmm. owned, so it's there's not the same kind of pressure, but there is still pressure, like, hey, I need to get this book out. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean we they're not going to do like Travis Charest and spend 10 years making a Meta Baron's book. Like that's, it just can't do that. Got to move on. Got to get shit done. I mean, it, and it's a problem because it, it, it's not the same problem you get with Marvel or DC where they, they just want the trains to run on time. You know, they want things to, and I'm sure the root of it is might probably is the same. And they want to sell a lot of comic books, but the very nature of those recognizable characters is not as much of an issue. But when you are doing an indie comic with characters that you have made, you have created, you, you know, you take an extra week or two to take it. If you delay a comic book release, yeah, there's the danger of your audience forgets about you. Your audience goes, Oh, well that comic book hasn't come out in three months. I'm kind of, I've lost, I've forgotten about, I've read, I read the first trade, but I, if, that doesn't come out timely, then I just go, oh, well, I have forgotten about a lot of the details and there's less excitement. And I mean, look at Rat Queens. Mm-hmm. What happened to that book? I know. You're making me sad. God damn it, Robbie. I'm sorry. I mean, that's the, the one on the top of my head. Uh, people who are diehard, like, I'm certain that it is a pressure that I, I think most of these people, most of these comic book creators have worked super hard to get to this level. And I, from the people I follow on Twitter, they just work harder now. They don't work less because they're well known. They work harder because they don't want to lose it. And they've finally grabbed a little tiny shred of audience. They, they, they want to make sure they keep it. So some comics are never done. They just get finished or whatever that quote is. You know, that's as a person who is not drawing as doing watercolor paintings. On a daily basis, I did not. It did not stand out to me. Uh, I, I, I feel like it. I really like the art. I think it. It's it's strong, but it is. I th- there's a lot of places where, like, 
it could definitely stand more attention. Y- y- yes, there's more, there's more places. Thought. Yeah, there's places where he's like, well, you're just not going to look here. You know, let me draw your eye away from this. It's good. It's tough to be penciler and colorist with no no art no inker finishing artist whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It really I think it shows you how much work a colorist does. It's But it, I mean it's, it's it's an aesthetic choice and I think it works in most places. It's it's not it's it's not poor. I just wish it was the parts that are superlative are extremely superlative and I wish that they could all be that. And they aren't, and it's a little disappointing. That's really about the only way I can sum it up. But there's a there's a lot of good. What do you think about the color palette? It's strange and garish, uh, and I think I mean that in a good way. And they've obviously made a uh, a motif out of the whiteness, but to me that feels like that feels like it's because they want to they want to be able to bullshit through it. He wants to leave a lot of white on the page. That's what you start with in watercolor. A lot of reds and oranges as well, pinks. Yeah, they got that. True. They got that pop red to really, uh, really draw your eye. But I do like it. I think comic books need to be a little garish, mm-hmm. a little, a little over the top. I think it's interesting that Jeff Lemire has uh, a watercolor painter as his artist mm-hmm. when his own art is. Uses watercolor a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's why he was drawn to him. Yeah. Is it Justin or Dustin? Dustin. Dustin. I, I looked at his stuff. I don't think we've read anything that he's done. Especially not on the nothing, podcast. Nothing, not of the, nothing of the blurb sounded familiar, but I I know I've heard the name. Yeah. It, he's done a lot and, of work. It's just I don't think we've yeah. actually discussed him on the podcast for sure. He worked on American Vampire. Okay. that make, mm. That makes sense. Oh, he did Little Gotham, too. Okay. Neat. Who would you recommend this to? I don't know. Can't really think. I mean, maybe Mass Effect fans. It is very Mass Effect. This could this could almost happen in the same world as the Mass Effect world. It's got a lot of that same shape to it. Yes. Star Wars. Yeah. It's a little bit more out there than Star Wars. It's a little more ephemeral, I think, but... I think Mass, I, Mass I, Effect I is... Like, I would take Mass Effect 2 to 1 over Star Wars. No, I mean, but Mass Effect... Like, I think of Mass Effect, I think of the, the work that Bioware did with their Star Wars games first. Mm-hmm. And of course. It, Mass Effect is like the evolution of that. Yes. Like a space adventure. You know, I think Mass Effect is, I don't know, a more finished universe than Star Wars mm-hmm. is because Star Wars has gone under undergone such... You know, the the movies aren't... All that work was done in like the extended universe stuff, like all the Correct. fan, the fan fiction. If you want to be very derisive it's, about it, it but it's 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 fan fiction, but it doesn't mean it's not good. No, there's certainly a lot of it that was good, and a lot of it that's it's very, prof- very it's, prof- bad. it's profession, it's professional fan fiction. Yeah, I would. It's, it's a space adventure, like it's like Mass Effect meets AI. That's where that's where my my mashup button. That's where I that's where I put it. Um. I, if you like those things, you should give it a shot. It, it's, it moves. It's well done. That it does. This is a lot simpler talk than I thought it was going to be. The book, you know, like I think we, I think we kind of 
like if you if you if I take your meaning that like we are going to talk about robot sentience and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I I think the book itself, like you said, isn't going for that. It just has it, and I think that is smart for the most point. Like if you're not going to, a lot of the ground has been tread pretty pretty well, and if if you want to talk about that stuff, you can always pepper it in. You know, like they have, they they've kind of interspersed it a little bit, but it is not the focus. the 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 moving parts are not about are robots alive? It's more about like, how do we integrate? How does this society work in the midst of all these things happening? Like, where are the, how are these planets interacting? Like the that that political nature of power and stuff like that, which you can still use the thematically robots and there's an AI and sentience and machine gods and all that stuff in there too. All right, folks, that is Descender, Jeff Lee Meyer, Dustin Wynn, Volumes One and Two. Uh, go check it out. Next week, we are going to be reading the newly released Box Brown book, Tetris, The Games People Play. Uh, I'm We we discussed his last book, the Andre the Giant uh, bio comic. This is going to be about Tetris and uh, the creator of Tetris. And I'm, so I, think the, I think I read a stat somewhere. It's the most played video game ever. It's certainly one of the best ones ever. It was at a certain point. It's probably just been surpassed by phone games at this point. But at a certain point, I believe Tetris was the most played game on the Earth. So... Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how Box Brown tackles that story in a comic. It should be interesting. So reading that next week. Please uh, read along with us. Uh, that will do it for this week. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Uh, links to everything there are links to our social media, Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour, Twitter at HBCHour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. And if you like the show, please give us a five-star review, subscribe, all those good things. Anything will, uh, will certainly help us find new listeners. We appreciate it. Word of mouth, all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at MixMasterSerial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you on your things online? Oh, what a great question. You can see my portfolio and my poster store by going to FreeWillUnlimited.com. And you can see most of the things I get up to online by going to EricZGoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram where you can see all of my Inktober craziness. I am EasyGoodnight there. And on Twitter, I am known as uh, Mr. Bad Example, spelled M-R, Bad Example. Well, that, folks, we will call today. Have a good one. Rock and roll.